I really appreciated Emily's reading today and reading the story of the Good Samaritan because um, I, I know how hard that can be to pronounce that word Samaritan, especially if we don't know it very well. And so when I was growing up, my mom actually worked for Good Samaritan Hospital in Kuala. And that's how I learned about the Good Samaritan story. Because I was in her car saying, what's a Good Samaritan? Like trying to sound it all out. And so I totally know exactly how that feels. She explained to me that the story of the Good Samaritan is from the Bible that Jesus told it to help explain how we're supposed to be kind and generous towards others. I thought it was a pretty good name for a hospital. In our world today, it's always a good lesson. With the amount of heartache and need that we see in our community and in the news, there are always those who need kindness and generosity. And I think that there are actually at least three lessons in our loop reading today working together to inspire our hearts, particularly the heart of this teacher of the law who stands up to test Jesus. The first lesson that Jesus teaches comes before he even tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Looking at where the story happens in Luke, Jesus has just sent out the 72 followers to heal and preach and care for others in his name. They've just returned. And after Jesus gives thanks to God for them and rejoices with them, there's no transition from that conversation. We're likely still right there with the 72 followers. Which made me wonder, is this teacher of the law actually one of the 72 who had just gone out and healed and preached and taught in Jesus' name? And if so, then why is he testing Jesus? Our reading says that he stood up and was trying to test Jesus with his question, Teacher, what must I do to get life forever? If he was just out healing and preaching in Jesus' name, then that actually changes the way I see him. Because for most of my life, when I heard this story, I assumed he was one of the people who didn't like Jesus, who was trying to trick him. But instead, what actually, if this man is a believer? So... That put the teacher of the law in a different light for me, and because we're reminded often in the Bible not to test God, and we often do, right? Even for us who are believers, not to trick or to, or to harm, but because we are looking for assurance, for affirmation, for some certainty about things. And so what if this testing wasn't a trick but rather that this man who had just spent time out in the world seeing God's power and risking his life as he knows it is looking for reassurance. Wanting to be reminded that even when it's hard, this life of faith is worth it. Maybe he's looking towards what happens next, what happens after this life ends, and many of us wonder about what we must do to get life forever with Jesus. And we also tend to look forward to wonder what happens next, to be moving on to the next step or the next thing in our lives as quickly as we can. And so Jesus responds to him with a question, and he asks the man, well, what is written in the law? And being a good believer, a good follower of the ancient scriptures, the man dutifully responds, love the Lord your God, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. Also, you must love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus says, good job, that's right, do that, and you'll live. 
In our translation today, we use the International Children's Bible for our Small Seed Sunday. I have an issue with, because Jesus doesn't actually say, do this and you will live forever. In the original Greek, and in all the other translations, including the King James Bible and our New Revised Standard Version, what Jesus actually says is, do this and you will live. Because the first lesson that Jesus teaches is to trust God to handle what is to come. To trust God to cover the life forever stuff, to cover the future stuff. But do this, love your God and love your neighbor as you love yourself, and you will live. You will live fully into God's promised kingdom come, into grace and love, the grace and love that Jesus gives to you, and you will live in love and mercy right now. And that's a lesson that can take a minute to set in, I guess, because the teacher of the law is still looking for reassurance. He wants to know that he has earned his place, and so wanting to show the way that he was living was right, wanting to show that he was a righteous man deserving of God's grace, he asked that big question, the big question that has started so many adult education forums and Bible studies and so many things in our church lives, and who is my neighbor? And so Jesus begins his parable, a story meant to get people thinking. A man is attacked and left for dead by the side of the road. The people who come upon him are the people you would expect to help him. The priests, the Levite, they're good religious leaders, good and righteous people, and they just walk on by. And then the Samaritan comes. And we know the Samaritan as the good Samaritan. The teacher of the law here, the people who are gathered, the 72 followers, the early church would not have thought any Samaritan was good. There was a long history between the Jewish people of Israel and the Samaritans. They had ancestry and scripture in common for so many years, but had been divided. There had been violence between them. And for all their similarities, they could only see their faults. And even right before this happens, in the previous chapter of Luke, in chapter 9, Jesus sends a few disciples ahead to a Samaritan town to prepare the way, because Jesus is going to pass through on his way to Jerusalem. And the Samaritans follow this sort of stereotypical script, and they say, no, thank you, not welcome here. And so the disciples return and tell Jesus this. Two disciples, James and John, turn to Jesus and say, Lord, should we call down fire upon their town and destroy them? And you can probably imagine how Jesus responded. What? No! He scolds them, and he tells them that they don't know what they're talking about, that Jesus isn't there to destroy but to save. And so to have the hero of this story be a Samaritan would perk the ears of all those who were listening. And most listening would have found it offensive and upsetting. Because Jesus' second lesson is about openness, a reminder that God's love, mercy, righteousness, and grace can come from unexpected people, from unexpected places, crossing our own divisions and differences. And for the teacher of the law, a man who has spent his whole life studying the Hebrew scriptures, for the Samaritan to be the one who is righteous, who is filled with love and grace, would have been particularly shocking. Jesus asked the teacher which character in the parable was a neighbor to the one who was attacked. And he says simply, the one who helped him. Because the third lesson, the big one, the one we all know, the who is my neighbor question, the answer is that my neighbor is everyone, especially those in need of help, of mercy, of compassion. And so Jesus tells him to go and do the same, trusting that God has got the future stuff handled, 
trusting and loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, go with an openness in your heart to everyone, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And that, that is a lot to take in. To trust God and live fully, to be open and consider the unexpected, to love everyone, especially those in need, because there are so many in need. So many neighbors in need of mercy, of compassion, of loving care, it can become overwhelming for us. Sometimes we don't know where to start, sometimes we fear that we don't have the ability to help, sometimes we just feel overwhelmed with all of our neighbors. Our neighbors experiencing homelessness on our streets, our neighbors who struggle with addiction, our neighbors who are in the hospital or extended care, our neighbors who are young and hungry in our school districts, our neighbors who have survived violence or natural disasters, and our neighbors who have been held in immigrant detention centers or who are facing fears of ice raids. I'll be honest, for me, this reading really convicted my heart. Especially this week, as we hear news of more raids on immigrants, as we fear for those who are here both legally and illegally in their needs and their lives. And especially after the attack on the immigrant detention center in Tacoma yesterday, highlighting the treatment of those who are held there and the violent division in how we talk about our neighbors, my heart breaks, and I just don't know how to help. I felt overwhelmed by the partisan rhetoric around all of it, and all I can think about are people who obviously are in need of compassion and love. All I can think about are my neighbors, and I feel inadequate in the face of Jesus' call to do as the Samaritan does. And I think a lot of us feel inadequate to this call. If we had to earn our life with Jesus, if it was up to us to make our lives right, like the disciples, like James and John, like the teacher of the law in our story, we always fall short. But for all the times that we want assurance, affirmation, certainty about things, for all the times we struggle to be open to God's unexpected love and mercy and righteousness, for all the times we fail to cross our divisions and our differences, for all the times we feel unable to meet the great need of our neighbors, and for all the times we just feel overwhelmed by the world. Jesus begins this lesson with a reminder to trust God, to trust Jesus. And Jesus tells us to go out and live and love as he did. Jesus' ministry and life led him to the most unexpected place of healing, the most offensive place of grace, the most upsetting place of life. It led him to the cross. And on the cross, Jesus dies to assure us of God's incredible love for us, to make us righteous, to forgive our failures and our inabilities. Jesus rises from the dead because no difference or division can stop God's unexpected love from coming into the world, not even death, so that we can be Samaritans in this world, so that we can be disciples together, sharing help, mercy, and compassion with the great assurance that Jesus gives us. Love the Lord your God. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do this, and you will live.